Thanks for joining us for the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders of Branded share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the finance guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the restaurant guy. Hey, and thanks for that kind introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind Branded Hospitality Ventures. We work at the intersection. Hospitality, technology, innovation, capital, and of course, pizza. We love pizza. We love bagels. We love pizza. We love tacos. We love it all. But today, we particularly really love pizza. And Jimmy, you know where we are right now? Where are we? Do you have any idea where we are? You probably don't even remember where we are because you just flew in. And boy, are my arms tired. I can't believe I said that pathetic joke. Yeah, that was a good dad joke. That's good. Good We are coming to you live right now, live from Las Vegas, right? Food on demand conference on the road, food on demand at, you know where we are? The Cosmopolitan, our favorite place on the strip. I got to tell you, Jimmy, and we got a great show, and I'm super excited to be here. Let's kick us off. Let's get into this. Let's get it on. All right. Well, I got to tell you, first guest we've got here, Mr. Kevin King. President of Donato's Pizza. How are you guys doing? Better now. Much doing (laughs) fantastic. Uh, Let's jump into it. Okay. (laughs) Kevin, give us a little background about yourself, if you can. Uh, I've been in the restaurant business almost my entire life, starting out as a kid, actually in a pizza shop. Learned a little bit about business back then. Um, Then I went to work for a couple other pizza chains. Domino's was one of them. Dump, dump, domino, dump. Yeah, I've something like that. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. People have heard of it. Uh, <laughs> and um, I was at Donato's before, spent 13 years there. Um, and then I went on, I was uh, chief development officer for Papa Murphy's and chief development officer for Smoothie King and back at Donato's in January of 2022 as the president. Uh, so pizza's been a part of me really for most of my life, but the restaurant industry certainly has for my entire work career. That is absolutely fantastic. Donato's been around since 1963. Jimmy, that's the year you were born. Am I right? Close enough. Right? Close I mean, enough. And, and, and the story goes something like this. A young man, a $1,300 pizza shop purchase, and a dream. Fast forward 60 years later, over 375 locations in 22 states. Can you share more about Donato's, how it got started, and then we'll dive into the expansion plans? Absolutely. So Donato's, this is our 60th year. Actually, this month, May, uh, we celebrate our 60th anniversary from when uh, Jim Grody founded uh, Donato's on the south end of Columbus. Um, And it's grown steadily through the years. Uh, Interesting, uh, in 1999, Jim Grody sold Donato's to McDonald's. Uh, and he bought it back uh, three years later, 2003, um, and uh, has been family-owned uh, again since that period of time. Um, the growth story is really about growing out Columbus first and then through other markets uh, through over the years, primarily kind of in the Midwest and uh, a little bit in the southeast of the U.S. In 2018, we formed a partnership with Red Robin. And we actually have Red uh, Robin. I yeah, was waiting for you to it. do that. I knew you were going to do it. Red Robin. <laughs> yum, yum. Uh, but we have a partnership with Red Robin, and uh, they sell Donato's branded pizza in their 
restaurants uh, on the menu and also in their uh, digital channels and a virtual storefront as well. So uh, today, Donato's is coast to coast uh, from Florida Wait, to How the, many Red Robins did? Because I remember going onto the website of Donato's and it was like Red Robins all over the place. Yeah, we're in 285 today, which is uh, more than half of their company-owned stores with plans to expand the rest and get into their franchise stores as well. Uh, and one of the beautiful things about growth is that partnership gives Donato's nationwide recognition and nationwide distribution. Uh, so our products can now be available in all 50 states. Uh, as I said, we're from Florida to uh, Seattle, so and, and anywhere in between uh, as of today. And uh, so we're, we have a big growth uh, focus right now. We're going to open 10 new stores this year, 20 to 25 next year, in addition to uh, additional Red Robins and uh, some other non-traditional ventures. Wait, how many Red Robins on. are there? There's about 500. So you're going to be in every every Red Robin. That's the plan. So that's going to like make your footprint uh, like 700, 800 stores. Should easily. That's unbelievable. I love it. You see the math? I, I did by the way, I was I was I was watching. A, I, I, I was looking. I was looking. I was looking at Kevin like he's going to the math. He's going to the math. And then I came up with <laughs> that. The should number. be the finance guy. That so that, so right? I, I, sometimes I jump. I, I I I get out of my lane and I jump into finance stuff. So let's talk a little bit about pepperoni pizza because Donato's is famous for its pepperoni pizza. Our pepperoni pizza is the best. What? Uh, what? I mean, it, rumor has it that a, a regular pepperoni pizza of Donato has over 10,000 pieces of pepperoni. Well, it's not quite 10,000. Yeah, there you, there you go with the math again. It was wrong, so it's not 10,000. It's not 10,000. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, our 14-inch, just our regular large pizza, when you order pepperoni, you get 100 pieces of pepperoni. Now, what, and what's the guy? A non-Donato's pizza pepperoni. 30, 35, oh, something so like that. So it's a pepperoni uh, lover's dream. It's like, dream. It's like three times. It is. <laughs> so is it, is it just that you have a lot of pepperoni or is it something special about pepperoni? Well, and our pepperoni is our own recipe okay. uh, that we've had for years and years and years. And it has great flavor. It bakes great. A uh, little curl on the edge. Oh, I love and, the curl. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic pepperoni. And it is our signature pizza because it kind of uh, – it just – epitomizes everything that we do. We do tons of quality uh, ingredients, fresh things, uh, fresh vegetables in our stores every day, um, but also abundance. We're known for our abundance. So when you, uh, if we are training today, take right. the restaurant guy, put him in the store. And I said, you know, put what you think goes on. And let's say we're putting mushrooms on and we build our pizzas on scale. So we make sure that the guest gets the right amount every time. So I'd say, come on, go ahead, put some mushrooms on there. I'm making my own pot. You are. Like and I guarantee you, like I'd tell you at least three times to put more, more on. More. That's right. More. more. And, put, and that's really, that's what we're all about. Can you put cucumbers on the pizza? What's that, that? Can you put cucumbers on the pizza? Well, not today, but maybe that's a future item we could uh, look into. You cannot put the cucumber on the pizza. <laughs> it's my pizza. You can put anything else on anything else on the pizza. We can't let them do whatever they want. It's only, limits. It's got to be pepperoni. Yeah. It's got to be pepperoni. Another fun fact about Donato's, Jimmy, that you probably don't know, but I know because I speak many languages. But uh, huge, uh, incredible charitable uh, efforts and tra uh, incredible give back. Incredible give back to the community, Jimmy. I don't know if you knew that. But Donato's in Italian means to give a good thing. 
I just made that up, by the way. I don't know uh, if it's Italian, but it, I know it means uh, to give a good thing. It does. It, uh, you see, Jimmy? How smart am I? That's huh? a, Today's smarter than I've ever seen you before. That, no, it's unbelievable. <laughs> My math is on fire. Yes. History, My math. history, math. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, crushing it. I'm crushing it. Your high school teachers are like, what happened to Shatsy? <laughs> <laughs> They're listening. I'm so proud. My fourth grade teacher is so proud right now. So Donato's means That's a nice give a thing. good thing. Can you share more about yeah, your community? Yeah, share more. I mean, pur- purpose uh, has always been about what Donato's is about. When Jim Grody started, uh, values and culture were extremely important. And throughout the 60 years, we've kept those same values that it started with. And they're really pretty simple values that really started with treat others the way they want to be treated. And that that's how we build our pizzas. If I make a pizza uh, in, in our restaurant is how, how would the customer want this pizza? How would our guests want uh, that? And that's where the hundred pieces come from and great high quality pizzas, but it goes more than that. Um, it is about giving back. It's it, and it's so much uh, it's, we create jobs. We employ where States allow kids who are 14 and 15 so that we can give them a good start on life in a business that is built on values and principles that people love and uh, and that they base their lives on. So uh, we, we think that's great. Um, but beyond that, our chairperson, Jane Grody, has uh, really grounded us in our give back. We formed a foundation uh, a year ago. We have uh, some pillars in that foundation. We make gifts, housing, hunger, uh, and health are our, our three principal found, our pillars of our foundation. Uh, we, we know it's a, it's, it's something that is the future of our business and we've got to make it work for us. So, uh, I think that's the real buzz around here is, uh, you know, who's in control and, uh, the bigger the chain, the more control you have with the third party providers, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's radically changing the pizza industry. We've had our own drivers for years, Mm -hmm. but now, uh, the third party providers have all the recruiting advantage and it's so much harder for us to recruit and retain great delivery drivers. So, uh, you know, we are working, we've embraced working with, uh, the third party providers as a way to grow our business and as a way to protect us, uh, when staffing challenges, uh, come about. So I think that's the big one. Uh, the other underlying tone is just the technology. And uh, I just came out of a session. They were talking about how all the restaurants layered in technology during the pandemic because yep. we had to. Sure. We had to communicate. We had to get out to our guests in new and different ways in order to generate sales. And uh, so those two things are the huge things I see at this conference. And it's great to be able to hear what, A, other people going through the same challenges that we are, and B, uh, just uh, wow, those are great ideas, and, and to kind of see where the future is. Very cool. Listen, in about an hour from now, you're going to be uh, speaking on a panel um, along the lines you just shared, improving off-premises food quality, uh, moderated by one of our friends, our partner, and a past hospitality hangout guest, Mr. Carl Osborne. Oh, oh um, and he's got a great book. Great book. And you know who is in that book? This guy, this guy, that's in that book. Look at that. I talked to Carl last night. He told me sales of the second book are up over 483% on Amazon. It's an Amazon number one bestseller. (laughs) I attributed that to me being in the forward. 
Yes. And our, the first book, the sales were like, he sold like eight copies. Yes. I'm in this book. He sold like eight gazillion copies because I'm in it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to put a little disclaimer that you're, we might be able that may not be exactly true, it's but pretty, it's, it's pretty, pretty close. Okay. For our, listeners, Carl. for our listeners at home and those who are not going to be able to, uh, to listen to the panel, can you give maybe one or two takeaways, a preview, if you will, uh, what topics you plan to hit on uh, well, at your panel? I, I, I don't want to give away all the secrets, That's but you know, uh, to me, it is how do we deliver great food to our guests is going to be number one and, and talk a lot about that. And uh, it's become more challenging when that delivery driver works for me. I can have a certain series of expectations. Yep. And when we're with third party, I can't. And uh, a great example is, especially during the pandemic, all the third party providers just put the food on the porch they might have ring the doorbell. They might not have. <laughs> who knows? And you keep checking. Well, you know, when you set a pizza on the ground in, in the winter, in the winter, and you take all that heat out of that pizza, it's it, it's just a game changer. You can't do that. And so, how do we control that third party delivery experience uh, while uh, while we're uh, that's my phone. That's okay. I, I, I hear a phone beeping. It's okay. Phone. Oh, wait, Kevin's a very busy man. Uh, no, I know. I didn't know it was my phone or you your wish, phone. You wish it was your phone. You Someone wish your phone was busy. So we're going to talk about that today. Um, and, you know, the other big part for delivering food is packaging. And, yes. and fortunately, pizza has been a product that's been delivered for years. So we got, we got some head start in that. But, uh, you know, packaging's got to improve to give the guests a great experience at home. So I think those are the two big things that that I know I'm gonna uh, contribute to the panel today. And you know, the last is speed, um, because it's about how do I get that pizza, that pizza or that burger or whatever I'm having delivered, how do I get it home hot? And I think you have to really look at Star Trek. You have <laughs> to look at Star Trek and how they beam down to different planets. We're working on that chassis. Yeah, you've got a beam. You know who's gonna solve that? Chat GPT is going to solve that <laughs> issue. I don't know, but yes. you got to beam the pizza right to the yeah. end. That'll, that'll be a game changer. Are you working on that game. technology? You're working on that. I, this is what I think about it. Yeah. You know, my, my young daughter wants to know why is a pizza round in the box square? Beam okay. the pizza, Scotty. Beam the pizza, Scotty. <laughs> All right, listen, it wouldn't be a crystal ball. Sorry, it wouldn't be a podcast unless we didn't do our crystal ball moment. So here we are. Uh, we're at Food on Demand. We want to know when we come back to this conference two years from now, what do you think is going to be the hot Jimmy, I don't think we'll be invited back to the conference two years from now. There's a chance. <laughs> Say this. There's always a chance. A small chance. What do you think will be the hot topics two years from now? And what do you think may have changed or evolved? Well, wow, that's a great question. Um, two years from now, I think we're still going to be talking about technology because technology is changing so fast. And and for the restaurant industry is what is tech, how is technology going to change how we prepare food? Um, because there are certain aspects that technology is never going to uh, never going to replace. Right. And we're looking at in inside Donato's right now. Uh, Jim Grody has always been about how to make the pizza more consistent and he's mm -hmm. done it through automation we're putting a uh, smart saucer in our restaurants uh this year and it's going to sauce all the pizzas so the the best thing about it, it takes a little labor out but the motivation behind it wasn't to take the labor out the motivation was behind it to make sure it's exactly right yeah and we're going to follow that up with a piece you know when you put 100 pieces of pepperoni on it takes a long time so uh, Jim Grody started back in the 60s trying to figure out how to get pepperoni on a pizza quicker. Uh, and he's finally done it. We're rolling it out. Uh, we're testing it in some of our stores right now. And it's going to actually slice the pepperoni from the stick and drop it right down in its place 
the perfect count, perfect weight every time. I absolutely love it. Uh, it really, it sounds he had a lot going on over at Donato's. Expansion, incredible. Great pepperoni pizza. I mean, it's a great story. I love it. Uh, when is Donato's coming to New York City? That's a great question. I always uh, ask great questions, yeah. right, Jenny? That's your right. Uh, I'm on good. fire. Right? On fire so there's, there are some Red Robins in the New York metro area, so yes. those will probably be first. And, nice. And we'll follow that with some traditional stores from there. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, okay, we're going with the brand of quick fire. Jimmy? It's the most popular it's segment. It's the most popular of any segment podcast of any podcast in Just the world. This is shots. not me. This is real fact. This is coming right from Nielsen. It's the brand of quick fire, Las Vegas edition, live from FOD here at Cosmopolitan, and we are excited about this. I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions. I'm ready. Right? Are you ready? Yep. All right, here we go. Here we go. Favorite Las Vegas hotel? The Cosmopolitan. Boom. Absolutely. It's got to be. It's got to be. If you were to get married or renew your vows at one of the infamous Vegas chapels, which celebrity impersonator are you choosing to officiate? It's Vegas. You have to choose Elvis. Elvis. That's my. We're gonna edit that. that. Is that bad? That was pretty good. I thought. Oh, oh, Jimbo. Which upcoming Vegas concert residency would you choose, Bruno Mars or Miranda Lambert? Well, I'm gonna go off the page. Oh, want, you're allowed. I, you can, you I can, want to you see can. Bono at, at the Boom. Sphere. By the way, I, was, I agree. I was going to say yeah, Bono. I'm like, I, I want Bono at I the mean, Sphere. I'm going to have to do a shout out to our producer, Julie. I mean, Bruno Mars, Miranda Lambert. Who's Miranda? I didn't know. Is that, is that, who is that? Is she being like American Idol or something? Who's Miranda <laughs> Lambert? Can I get clarity on this, by the way? Bruno Mars, I know, by the way. Do you know he played a little baby Elvis in uh, in a movie with Nicolas Cage? Um, Honeymoon in Vegas. Honeymoon in Vegas. Honeymoon in Vegas when he was like four years old. Anyway, true or false? 11% of Las Vegas annual visitors are attending uh, for a convention. I'll go with true. Jimbo, you care to guess? Seems like a light number. I'll 11% of annual visitors. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm just reading the question think, again. Okay. For I, I, I think the number's bigger than that. I'm going to say that's false. It's bigger. Look at that. Look at that, Jimbo. You are wrong. It is 11%. It is 11% on the nose. Uh, I thought it was 11.5, but no, it is actually 11%. So you Well, are that's correct. why he's the finance yeah, guy. You are correct, sir. You are bigger. correct, sir. All right. All right. Now, here's the big one. This is always the big one. If you were to choose Jimmy or I to be your dealer at a blackjack table, who do you choose <laughs> to have better odds of beating? Well, he's the finance guy. I'm going with Jimmy. He's a card counter. Card counter. Jimmy's a Jimmy, card. So. Jimmy's a card counter. All right, there we go. Uh, we got it, uh, Kevin. This was awesome. I appreciate you stopping by. I apologize for our technical errors uh, here. As you we, know, our listeners, none of our listeners knew about the technical errors. You just told them that we had. <laughs> we had no technical errors. No technical the setup errors. on this podcast was, <laughs> was absolutely seamless. It was seamless. It, it was, was seamless. It was perfect. It was unbelievable. Uh, you got some pizza to make. You got uh, pepperoni to slice. You got panel, panel, panel to do. So, Kevin, I really appreciate you stopping by the hang. Yeah, Thanks, man. you guys. I Thanks a lot, man. This is great. Appreciate it. I got to tell you, Jimmy, I'm loving this Donato's. I'm loving what they're doing. Donato's. Donato's. I got to tell you, a hundred pieces of pepperoni on a pizza. If you like pepperoni, that's the way to go. I just, and, it, and it gets crispy on the end. I love that. And that's truly like that. When you talk about like uh, like Ghost Kitchen or Virtual Kitchen, I mean, they're, they've been quietly doing this out of all these Red Robins. Not bragging about it. No, nah, but I got to tell you, they're just banging it out of these Red Robins. So they've just they, they've doubled their footprint. That's what I like. I like that business model, you know. Red Robins making burgers. They're throwing pizzas out the back door. Delivering pizzas. Delivering not, not pizzas. Throwing. Not throwing. Not throwing. Not throwing. I love it. Anyway, Jimbo, we got another great, great guest. I got to tell you, I don't know how we keep coming up with these great guests. We got Kristen Hawley here, founder of Expedite, an incredible newsletter. Respect. That, Respect. That, that I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, Kristen, just uh, welcome to the Hangout. Great Thanks having you here. Uh, first time FOD? 
No, second time. Second time FOD. How you, what are, you, are you loving it so far? Yeah, you know, I flew in this morning and I'm leaving tonight. Oh, so. it's you're in and out, huh? In and out. Um, and what do you think about the Cosmo? Are you I loving love it here? The, I mean, I've this has been my my favorite hotel since it opened. Us too. Right? Yeah, we love yeah. this one. We stay here even if the conference isn't here. Jimmy yeah. gets mad at you me, but stay it's, on the on the Bellagio side though. Yeah, yes, yes. I I'm not. I'm on the airport side. It's mm -hmm. like my view is like I look at airplanes taking off and landing. I, I made a special request to get you that view. Yeah, thanks. I should like that one. I I honestly I really uh, yeah. So anyway, Jimbo, we had a lot of really incredible questions for Chris. Yes, yes. No, I'm super excited. I love Expedite. I love your newsletter. Thank you. Um, I've been following you since you founded Chefs and Tech Newsletter back in uh, 2000. 13 that was eventually um uh, acquired by a, a skiff table currently you're working on expedite your uh, new weekly newsletter you launched in 2019 and for anyone who reads the branded weekend update i want to be clear i am often sharing kristen's articles in both the market commentary yes, i don't think you could even give kristen credit i, I always get i think credit. you plagiarize in, in the news never plagiarize i think you plagiarize and, and the news section uh, i think as i said you're the og i think you're the original source for intelligent insight into this industry. Can you share, give a little industry insight, what's the biggest trends that you're seeing and covering? Um, I love to examine what's happening in restaurant technology through the consumer experience. So I'm most interested in how restaurants are changing the way that their diners are experiencing them, right? So that's that's the big stuff. That's delivery, you know, obviously is huge. Loyalty, reservations, and reservations now is like, sort of translating into human behavior are we, like more people are booking ahead things like that so it's like how is how are our lives as restaurant fans and lovers of dining out changing because technology has injected itself into this business i've been writing a lot about reservations i have big bigly opinions on the reservation yeah. environment right now um as an industry insider if there are any myths that you would like to bust what might it be i think that there is so much nuance in this business that people don't understand. I think it can be very easy to segment into, you know, technology bad, restaurant good. And they're, they're very often, especially in the media, you see like no one is sort of willing to say, well, you know, technology is maybe incrementally um, changing this business and making it a little bit better. Or like maybe DoorDash isn't totally evil. Maybe they're actually doing some good for restaurants. You know, <laughs> like, there's, there's so much, um, distaste for technology and hospitality, I think, from, from some people that often clouds the fact that there are really cool things happening in the business. I like that. I like that a lot. All right. I've got to ask, what are your thoughts on chat GPT? Did you say chats? No. Thoughts on chat GPT. Pros, chats GPT? Pros, cons, or anything in between? Uh, I, well, I, I'm, I'm for technology, so I'm excited about it. Uh, I think that it's brand new. I think it's very scary. I think that it is perhaps overblown in some ways in terms of like how quickly it's going to take over or what it's going to do or how dangerous it is. I think there's a lot of really good things happening. I actually just wrote about this today in today's edition. Um, so excited about the promise of it. However, I'm very cautious about um, like the unregulated aspect of it, you know, because the technology is moving so fast. Uh, when the tech moves ahead of any kind of regulation or laws or restrictions or just thought, I think that's when things can get a little dangerous. Cautiously optimistic. Yeah, no, it's Cautiously. cool. I mean, I just, I see my kids just using it to like write papers. That's terrifying. I mean, I'm in the I mean, but business, it just so. it just seems like they're just doing it. I mean, they're like, I got to write a paper. Why would I write a paper? I could just ask ChatGPT, write some paper, hand it in. Like, oh, here's my paper. It's done. 
Here you go. You know, B. <laughs> it's good enough. It's efficient. Yeah, maybe, the teacher, maybe the teachers are using chat GPT. No, but I feel like they're going to have to like change their whole model. Like you're not going to be able to write papers anymore, you know, except to be like a, some other thing to, uh, mm, but, uh, yeah, I don't you know, know just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm waiting for Jimmy to come up with something, but uh, anyway, it's I'm, my thoughts. I'm writing my own stuff. Yeah, I, we know you do, Jim. Yeah, I mean, you know, as a journalist, it is a little bit uh, disconcerting. Listen, say. it's day two on the conference. You just got here. Mm -hmm. So as far as this event continues to impress with not just the quality of conversations and presentations, but the, but the people. I mean, it's great people here. I mean, I think I saw Jared, who runs the whole thing here. Shout out to Jared, who runs Food on Demand and graciously Gotta gave go us – Jared's. Yeah, we got, we got to go to Jared. I bought a ring. Uh, uh, isn't isn't that the jeweler? Jared's the jeweler? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I got to tell you, he gave us this great room. But I got to tell you, I mean, 800, over 800 people Hitters. here. Hitters. Big machas, I like to say, Jimbo. Big machas here at this event. <laughs> Movers and shakers of the industry are here. Mm -hmm. What what FOMO can you impart to our listeners that weren't able to come to this event for one reason or another? They're not here uh, what can you, what are they missing? Oh man, you know, well, uh, as of one week ago today, I was not planning to be here. So how's that for FOMO? I, yeah, I, no, I, exactly. I, you know, you're like, there's no way I'm not going to this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the timing of this was really a couple of years ago. I feel like this was the first conference coming out of COVID that everybody was like, we are in. And yeah, well, I mean, with it. everything, yeah, I mean, uh, listen, off-prem, when there was COVID, it was all off-prem, so yeah. food on demand was great. Yeah, so I think that that, I feel like that spirit has carried through the last couple of years where it's just, you know, like everyone's here and everyone's excited to talk about stuff. Um, I haven't, I didn't go to the other big uh, tech conferences in the industry this year, so this is my first one of the season after CES. Uh, so yeah, I just, the energy, the energy at this one is great. And that is the FOMO to me. That is why I bought a plane ticket and I came here for 13 hours. From yeah. Well, I just think, I mean, Jimmy and I go to, uh, probably far too many, but I think we go to almost every conference. Mm -hmm. And I gotta <laughs> tell you, one thing I love about going to the restaurant conferences is everyone's having a good time. It's true. You know, like CES, it's great. It's a great show. It's a great conference. It's just a lot of really cool stuff. But not, it's not like a, like really fun people. You go to a restaurant conference, everyone's ready to rock it out and have a good time, you know. Is there any new tech in off-prem space that you're kind of excited about? Is there anything you've seen here at the show in the marketplace that you're I excited about? What are you following? I haven't, I haven't watched Just make it up. Make it up. Put <laughs> it on the spot. Put it on the spot. You'll so how you great? Know, Do you love the marketplace? I mean, you've been, you, you walk the marketplace how many times you walk it today? Like five, six yeah, times, right? Miles and miles and miles. Yeah. Check my steps. There you um, go. That's better. That's a better answer. <laughs> the things that I'm most excited about, um, and the, the, the trend I would say I'm most excited about, is that this uh, the industry and restaurant tech in general just feels more mature than it was obviously a decade ago, right? And there are so many people who know restaurants, who have operated restaurants, who understand restaurants and hospitality that are building products for the industry. And that is so much better than some random coder that's like, I'm tired of waiting in line at this restaurant and I'm going to build an app to get myself in. And so uh, that is the trend that I'm excited about. It feels far more hospitable than it has in the past. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I'm looking out for when I'm here. Oh, Jimbo, Jimbo, you love that. We love when restaurant operators yes. are creating mm -hmm. fixings or solving problems. I mean, they may not be coding themselves, obviously, but they're finding people. That's amazing because they really know what the problems are. Now, we've always felt that the, the subject matter experts, the industry, the operators, the experts, they had to be brought into the fold. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, you're thrusting tech on an industry and without that real feel for how the operations and workflow actually come together. So I think you're right. I think this is such a more mature uh, industry, although I still think we're wonderfully early because mm -hmm. we're, it's just imploding on us, but we're going to sort it out. 
Um, I want to jump in crystal ball moment. It wouldn't be a podcast without having the crystal ball moment. We're going to ask you, since we're at food on demand, when we come back here two years from now, what do you think are going to be the hot topics? What do you think might've changed or evolved? I think that it is going to be AI. I think that, and I think it's going to be that there is an embrace and understanding of AI, uh, not like the shock and awe that is happening right now. Like what is about to happen? Is the rug going to get pulled? I think it's going to be, we understand how to leverage this. We're interested in leveraging this and building businesses on it. And we understand how consumers, the average diner is using and could use artificial intelligence to enhance, you know, their day to day. Do you think that we will have um, like pizzas being transported like on Star Trek? You're sticking with that thing. Uh, You're really sticking with it. I am not a robotics or transportation expert. Yes. Okay, good answer. Good, yeah, better than mine. I'm going to say no effing way. Oh, really, Jimmy? <laughs> you know, you know, you can't stop technology, Jimmy. Yes, you can't but I can tell you, two back. years from now, we're not beaming up pizza. Oh, you know. <laughs> I will say, well, we'll be here in two years. I'll be beaming myself here, Jimmy. I Mr. mean, Negative. I, you know, there, there could be like a 3D printer situation where like a chef in yeah, I don't understand that. What do you mean a 3D printer that makes a pizza? You, you can make Donato's, Donato's pizza with a 3D printer? I don't think so. I don't even understand a 3D printer. I don't understand. I, I mean, what, it makes something out of a 3D to <laughs> eat it? What does it make it out I, I thought we were thinking magically. Yes. Oh, oh we're out there on the spectrum. But I was really th- – I think that we're going to have transporting pizza in two years, Jimmy. And I guess I can't wait till I'm right and you're wrong. All right, listen. We're going to the Branded Quickfire Las Vegas edition live from Food on Demand. Here we go. Five lightning round questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Favorite Las Vegas hotel? The Cosmopolitan. Boom. If you were to get married or renew your vows at one of the infamous Vegas chapels, which celebrity impersonator are you going to choose to officiate this ceremony? I heard you ask someone else's question. I've been thinking about it. The answer is Britney Spears. Uh Uh Yeah. Why Britney? She knows a thing or two about weddings. Uh, She does. (laughs) How many times has she been married? uh, Two, three. That's not so bad. No, no, no. It's not. It's not. She's a, a girl power. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so it's just a, but yeah. would she sing it? Would she just sing? And it's, she can choose to do whatever she wants. She's yeah, I love Spears. it. I love it. National treasure. Absolutely. All right. Which upcoming Vegas concert residency are you most excited about uh, to go see? Uh, Bruno Mars, Cool and the Gang, or Rod Stewart? Oh, uh, I'm going to go with Bruno Mars yeah. because. Um, I'm, you know, you like Bruno I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a millennial. I'm a millennial. Yeah, I, I think I may have got or Miranda Lambert or Miranda Lambert. Who's more? I still Where's Miranda Lambert from? Is she she's an American Idol? Singer. Country. But did, did she win an award or is she just no? She's, she's, I'm she's, not sure she's won big star. Awards, big star. Believe... But I mean, like, was it like a like you know, uh, AGT? I don't think so. Or was it? No. Survivor? Was she on Survivor? I, I, I think she was got kind of Nashville. Oh, yeah. all right. Like Taylor Swift. Miranda Lambert. Absolutely. All right. True or false? The largest sum of money anyone has ever won on a Vegas slot was $39 million. Carrie Gass. Uh, I, I believe that's true. Jimbo? Let's just take false again because I'm having fun with false. It is true. And it happened at the Excalibur of which they closed a week later. No, I, don't, I don't know. They, I think they're still open. But that's a lot. That's a lot of money out of a, out of a slot machine, it's right? A, it's a nickel slot machine. They yeah. paid out in nickels. If you were if you were to choose Jimmy or I to be a, a dealer at Blackjack Table, who would have better odds of beating? Yeah. I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, I don't know either. Just make it up. <laughs> I mean, you know, 
Oh wait, I think I, check I'll, out my hand movement. I gotta you know, tell you. All right, well, I, you have to. I was gonna answer it for you, but you have to answer the question. I think I would choose. I would choose Jimmy as the dealer, but I would like you sitting next to me. No, I would definitely sit next yeah. to. You. I would tell you when to hit and when to stand. Yeah. But I was. I'm saying. I think. I think she'd beat you more because you wouldn't know. You'd struggle with the counting. I always do. That's like, why whenever you, I play be, blackjack, be, I have to have somebody yes. tell me what to do. You'd be busting every time. Yeah, I have to bring a calculator out. They yes. yell at you. Like, yes. you can't do that, sir. You have to put your phone away. You can't tell my guy. I need a calculator. What am I supposed to do? I mean, there's a lot of numbers. Carry the one. Yeah. Very confusing. I need paper. And they're like, you can't do that, sir. You know? Yeah. So I always. Anyway, Kristen, I think I got to tell you, you're doing great stuff. We love the newsletter. Jimmy will keep on ripping off a lot of your content, not uh, footnoting or anything like that. I'm just kidding. Jimmy would never do that. At least he would tell you. You. shouting out posting <laughs> no we love it we love what you're doing it's awesome and look forward to uh to, to seeing you later today or later tonight yeah this you. is awesome thanks for coming to the hospitality hangout this was great thanks so much jimbo i gotta tell you i love expedite i love what kristen's doing it's great stuff i read it all the time She's i think i read her newsletter less than yours but a lot less than mine but a lot yeah because i read yours every single week i don't know that i do that's a lot for me hey pinocchio you don't read mine every week bull dinky i do and <laughs> first of all and the other thing i'm waiting for like your newsletter to become a movie you want it to be an audiobook you want it read you want to hear it in my voice yeah okay. yeah if you could guess yes yes, yes. We'll work on that that's exactly what if you could read your weekend commentary and yes. put it on an audio type situation <laughs> it would put me to sleep on saturday afternoons there we go I while watching that. golf something that something to work towards i gotta tell you we are very lucky jimmy we are here at food on demand live uh, from Las Vegas. This is unbelievable. And we have another incredible guest hot off a panel discussion with you, actually. Yes. Yes. And I got to tell you, you guys knocked it out of the park. Britta Rosenheim, managing partner of Vita Vera Ventures, Vita Vera Ventures, and author of the 2023 Restaurant Tech Ecosystem. I like to call it the Tech Wheel. Yes. That's my little, uh, I call it the tech wheel. I love the tech wheel. Have, Shatsy. I've already made copies of the tech it. wheel. I mark it up. I put it on Jimmy's desk. I put it on my desk. I hang it on the wall. I have all my little, uh, I use all my different color uh, highlighters to think companies I'm interested Wrapping in. paper. I, I mean, love it. I love the wheel. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you have time to do it, but we love the wheel. Uh, Jimmy, we got a lot. Of, we got to talk to Britta. There's yes. a lot to uncover here because we only got a little bit out of the panel. We, we did the best we could. You had limited that, time. And Pasco, and, well, he, he, talk, tight he talks more than you. And that's all. Yeah, he does. Pasco talks I'm not going to fight you on that. I love him, but he talks a lot. Uh, so, Britta, let's jump into it. You're no stranger to the trade show, uh, trade show, sh trade show, shark it. Trade show, <laughs> shark it. Am I right? Uh, what, what makes food on demand, FOD, different from some of the other uh, multiple conferences mm -hmm. that we go to with many different letters in them? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit smaller and intimate. So I like the ability you can usually connect with whoever you want to connect with. I like its specific focus. I think there's a couple of folks here who are a little bit out of the food on demand focus opportunistically in a smart way. But generally, uh -huh. uh, I, I, I love I love the the expert focus. So that's why I'm here. Well, that's why I'm here because they, yeah. they, you know, I am the expert. Jimmy said I'm the expert on the panel. He said that I'm a subject matter expert. SME, man. I'm an SME, and I got to tell you, can I put that next to my name, like PhD mm. or, mm. or you try. MD? You could, you could, but it would make no sense. And Michael Schatzberg, SME? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't do it. Why? I think people would appreciate that. <laughs> 
Well, all right, listen, let's get back to the panel. Early this morning, uh, you were on a panel investing mm -hmm. in the future of tech with Jimmy Frischling himself, our very own finance guy. Uh, for our listeners at home who couldn't make it to the panel, who, who will have to wait to hear this podcast or get the videotape of the panel, uh, high-level takeaways, give us one or two takeaways from the panel. And if you want to quote Jimmy, you can. <laughs> The world is going Marty, to hell, he said. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think I think all of us were are aligned in our in our vision, and I think just execution is slightly different. So it was really enjoyable for us to all talk about even you know, the nuanced categories that we're focused on. I think broadly, we're all in agreement that they're kind of next generation of solutions that are going to make it have to move the needle on revenue and operating metrics. And right. that's a need to have, not a nice to have. Right. Not a lot of nice to haves. Need yeah. to haves. Yeah. Um, I think we're also all in agreement that there are not enough folks uh, in the industry investing in this space. I think it's an underfunded category and generally uh, I gotta overlooked. Tell you, that is an important point. Yeah. We need some more investors to step up and open up their wallets, start writing some big checks. No, we, I, no? I, no, we I, no I, but I actually love that, that um, uh, Brenda's firm, Marty's uh, 858 uh, partners, obviously branded. We have, and then we have some other friends in the market. I think this is an asset class that deserves a great deal more attention. It mm -hmm. is one of the last legacy and, and kind of analog asset classes. We're being digitized. We employ the second largest employer in the country. Is that breaking news? I don't think that's breaking news, but it's, it is, but it, it is, is accurate. News. It yeah. is accurate. Mm -hmm. And I think this industry does need more time, attention and, and more dedicated investors. I think so. That's, that's my statement. Yeah. I, I, and I am going to steal your comment about everybody is adhering to the rules of gravity today. Everybody is breathing in oxygen and everybody will be eating today. Yes. So this is not a niche category. Yep. I got to <laughs> tell you. Yes. I, I misquoted you slightly. That's no, okay. no, but it yeah. was good. It was yeah. good. Better. I think the bottom line is you got to eat and you got to drink. I think you'll die if you don't it, that now that could be breaking news that's right no, but i i agree this, this is an industry that, that we as are con, as consumers as humans we touch it uh several times a day listen britta the last time you were on the podcast uh we talked about the the tech uh ecosystem uh food safety and quality as well as really we're kicking off the kind of the ghost and the shared kitchens um two uh two categories that are, are are absolutely growing two years later here we are are you still seeing growth in these categories have they stalled what are your thoughts on kind of where we were a couple of years ago yeah i mean i'll start with the ghost kitchen um that category was definitely newer to two years ago. I think a lot of it was heavy on the real estate plays. Now the interest rates are are changing. I think a lot of the strategies are are beginning to change, and perhaps some of the folks who are coming in, who who didn't have the depth of expertise on on the food business, are maybe losing appetite for the sector and kind of thinking about how do we, you know, how do we leverage this real estate for other uh, use cases beyond just ghost kitchens or food, um, but also broadly, I think more of the SMB operators in the space are awakening to the concept of virtual brands, um, curious about it, interested in it. And so, you know, I think the virtual brand category is really kind of beyond the ghost kitchen space mm -hmm. is, is a category that has been elevated in, in the last uh, you know, 12 to 18 months. And I think that's uh, a category that's worth looking out for. You know, I think there, it's been flooded with all these virtual mm -hmm. brands it's really hard uh, in order to maintain quality, consistency. You know, the reason why McDonald's continues to execute is because they figured out how to execute on quality, consistency. That's my line. Oh, a Big Mac <laughs> tastes the same anywhere in the world. Yeah, it's no, it's a true. Big Mac, and, man. 
And a lot of these, the virtual brand operators or ghost kitchen operators, they're just like, whatever, it's a recipe. It's the same. But no, it's really hard to make quality food. I don't have to tell you guys that. So just that's, I mean, I think one of the hardest thing in a restaurant is when, when people say, oh, you can open up more, you open up your second unit. I mean, it's just making sure that they all taste the same. And then people go to one restaurant, like I love them. Then they go, when you open up another one and they're like, it wasn't the same. Exactly. Or even the same place, but different night. Yeah. Yeah. Different chef or whatever. Right. It's tough. So I think, you know, I'm, approaching that category with caution but i do think there is an interesting you kind of revenue lift um you kind of expansion opportunity for this the you kind of underutilized kitchens of the world Uh, ghost kitchens i don't otherwise i don't think i I don't think we're going to get another crop of ghost kitchen operators Mm -hmm. in the near term we don't have you know the soft banks and the tiger globals spending as much time in this space anymore. And that's kind of what's required given the, the capital intensity of those businesses. Yeah. Without so, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, what are the new uh, trending areas that you've seen uh, and do you think um, are, are having some accelerated growth? So I think, you know, dynamic pricing is one that's the tip of everybody's tongue. Um, that's a category that I personally was uh, offended by for many years. Like, oh, come on, like this doesn't make sense. Uh, and I agree. I think it doesn't make sense in an on-premise situation. But off-premise, I think we have totally new rules, new behaviors, new expectations by the consumers. So I think dynamic pricing is now, we're finally at a moment where it makes sense to me at least. it's interesting though when yeah. you talk about that because on the off-prem, I think it was DoorDash. I think just came out or Grubhub. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the big delivery platforms just now came out and they're like, you know, searching, comparing your menu items online to your menu item pricing uh, in you know on-prem, and are starting to like you know push back saying it has to be the same price. Yeah. It's not Par- fair. Price and, parity, yeah. and I remember when we first were on these delivery platforms like Seamless Web back in the day, I mean, one of the things they wanted to make sure is they would verify your menu pricing on-prem was the same as your off-prem. But as the economics changed over the last few years, operators are like, hey, if I'm going to charge you know, $5 or $10, $12 for a burger in my store, maybe I'll make it 14 online and that'll help defer some of the cost of the, of the commissions, et cetera. So it's very interesting. I, I think it's pretty ballsy for DoorDash to say, hey, we're going to charge you 30% and you have Can't. no way to recoup the R charge for you. So, it was kind of funny. Like, I think I yeah. put it on LinkedIn, the store, and I think a lot of people commented. They're like, yeah, isn't that funny that they're complaining about yeah, that? Yeah. But, uh, you know, it just it is interesting it, to your point about dynamic pricing. But look, we've seen it. We talk about it all the time. I mean, we see it on airlines. We see it in hotels. You see yeah. it in car rental. You see it in the But in those the are all different shares. business models. I mean, like, there's just more margins in all of those businesses than – I don't have to tell you guys. But, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, so – it. I mean, what happened in, and we were talking about this last night at dinner in, in the other industries is they just raised all of their prices. You have just an average price and yeah, you have pricing parity, but all of the underlying prices increased. So also there's to your point, there's a limit on how many flights yeah. let's say are going in one day from uh, New York to, to Vegas, whereas the number of places one could eat is virtually unlimited. I actually think it needs a rebranding. I think dynamic pricing um, makes people think of surge pricing. Mm-hmm, it makes mm-hmm. people think of the consumer, the customer, the guest being on the on the on the wrong end. I think we have to talk about. Let's come up with a name right now. How about creative pricing? Revenue management. I'm going with that's what I'm saying. Oh, Revenue yeah. management. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I think there's a way to make it. I think there's a way to do this uh, that's high integrity and transparent, and the guest and the operator can work where there's benefits. Um, and and then you know during times they could be cheaper. So I think there's Rip ways off to do it. But I think you're right. Rip I, off I think pricing. That may not, that may not work. Um, listen, <laughs> lastly, are there any areas um, that you're seeing that are perhaps saturated? 
and where you think we might see some consolidation. So BizOps, BI, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of, we talked also on the panel today about, you know, just the overflow of single point solutions. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of really interesting technologies out there on you know, BI and ops and like how it works, but there, a lot of them are kind of singularly focused on the problem that they're, they're um, addressing. And what it was, Andy, what did he say? He said a, a really clean a company code. versus a yeah, tool or like, yeah like exactly. a, company, a solution a versus yes. a company you yeah, know right. and so because well, there's people think, that are just coming yeah. up with a tool it's a, yeah. it's a nice so you, tool but it should just be part of a suite exactly like microsoft exactly. has you know 50 different products under their three you know microsoft yeah. suite you know and this segment of the podcast was sponsored, sponsored by, by <laughs> microsoft <laughs> listen it wouldn't be a podcast uh without a crystal ball moment okay. so we're gonna ask you here we are at food on demand when we come back here and you were fantastic two years ago we just got a chance to talk about it with you but we come back to food on demand mm -hmm. two years from now mm -hmm. what do you think are going to be the hot topics what do you think may have changed or evolved mm. i think automation is going to be front and center and and okay. not automation in terms of just you know everybody thinks robotics but yes, this is about business automation ro rosie you know? from the jetsons yeah. it's not yeah. necessarily rosie from the jetsons yes exactly maybe there's going to be a rosie in two years but well, what was the guy from lost in space remember that one I do remember that one. Warning, warning, warning. Who was that guy? Well, I, I agree. I think automation, um, we're, we've been flirting with it. There's certain aspects that have been, um, I mean, we, we think some of the low-hanging fruit of automation is self-boring self beverage solution. Yep. Um, we think we, we, it takes three people to, uh, to take your order, put it in the POS, pour the beverage, run the beverage back to your table. Self-serve we find to be an incredible uh, value add to operators, but you're right. Automation seems to be a, a big topic. It's not that it's not here now, yep. but I think it will be status quo in two years, just a lot more than it is. I think people are dipping their toes into that category and figuring out what can we automate? What makes sense? Where do we still have control? Yeah. And I think when you think about the kitchens and the talk mm -hmm. about automation, like some of those things that Miso Robotics is doing mm -hmm. with the flippy and the chippy and the this and the that, which is awesome. I think some of it, like, it's very hard to retrofit a kitchen. Mm, so it's mm -hmm. also the idea of I'm going to build a new restaurant and I'm going to take automation into consideration when I build it. So it's a different footprint and it's different, which will take a little time to get down the pipeline. It's, it's hard to, to retool a restaurant. Yeah. Kitchen. I mean, I will say some of the more innovative concepts on that side are probably going to be competitors to restaurants or extensions of their brand rather than, um, within the existing restaurant footprint. So whether it's, you know, in airports or hospitals or campuses, you know, kind of where, where do you think of, you know, kind of other places where there's food service, but it makes more sense to have, you know, more specialized you, I, offerings. Yeah, but I'm just gonna go back to Jimmy and your point about self-pouring. I can't, I can't forget that again, I was at the airport coming here. I was at Kennedy and there's a Dunkin' Donuts right across from yes. the Delta Club. And I walk out of Delta Club, go to my gate, and there's like literally, I'm not exactly, like 75 people waiting online. They have kiosks. Yeah. So you can put your order in and you can pay. But then you got to stand online to get the coffee. And there's like two people yeah. making, they're basically, they're pouring ice into a cup, putting iced coffee in it, and then calling your name. <laughs> I mean, you can just have a self pouring and then put your own cream and milk or whatever. I mean, it's just, yeah. you know, unless you want one of those, you know, super deluxe frappa mocha chinos where it really just for a black coffee, just go pour it. Let me, let me, let me help everyone out of here. Hey, Duncan, 
call me. Call yeah, I mean, well, seriously, it's just the it's next insane. one can be sponsored by Duncan. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> it's insane. All right, listen, Britta, I know you got to go back because you got like four more panels. You are in high demand here at Food on Demand. Very okay, demand. everybody lucky. wants Britta on very the panels. Very lucky to have Britta with us. Uh, and you also have to start working on the uh, Tech Wheel 24. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I know that you've already started thinking about that. It's and right got now, lots I, of feedback for it. I'll tell and you. And I think we're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do something because right now that Tech Wheel is being printed on 11 by 17 paper. I don't know the next size. I don't know what the next size is. Is it like poster? Is mm. it poster board? Because mm. it's, I don't think my printer can handle it. So we're going to have to talk about that. 3D but, printing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Branded quick fire. Five lightning round questions. Okay. Don't think too long. Here we go. Are you ready? Favorite Las Vegas hotel? Win. The win is the nicest, by the it's way. I, mean, I love the Cosmo, Lovely. but the win, I was thinking about in my bed, like, you know, last night. You're in the win. I got to tell you, it's like frette sheets. Mm. It's like these big feather pillows. The Cosmo, it's kind of like foam. It's nice. But I, I, and no disrespect to the Cosmo. Yeah, by the way. That's why your room's facing the, uh, the airport. The airport. I'm facing the Bellagio fountain. Yeah, you got the fountains. Yes, fountain, I got that. I'm looking at flights taking off. It's horrible. Anyway, I, I, I agree. I think the win is the nicest. Right, uh, if you were to get married or renew your vows at one of the infamous Vegas chapels, which celebrity impersonator hmm. are you choosing to officiate? I don't even know the options here. Anybody, any celebrity you want hmm. that you would have at this chapel. Wow. That or is... it could be Jimmy. You could have Jimmy. He's a celebrity. No, there, it would be my impersonator. We would, oh. Yeah, it has oh, to be yeah. his impersonator. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Damn it, I'm going to go it. with Jimmy impersonator. Jimmy impersonator. The Jimmy impersonator. Yeah. You know who does, you know who does the Jimmy impersonation? Cool. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn Vince does Vaughn the Jimmy? Does the Jimmy impersonation. Tell me. Let me hear. No, no, Vince, but want me to do Vince yeah. Vaughn doing do Jimmy? Yes, yes. Do it. Let's see. No one puts baby in the corner. You don't put baby in the corner. It's my case. That's going to be. Uh, oh, sorry. Wait, we do that. Money. Your money. You don't even know how much money you are. Your Mike, money. Mike, your money. Mike, your Mike, money. Your money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, which upcoming Vegas concert residency would you choose? Are you ready? Wait, what concert? Concert residency. Yeah, like there's, I choose? like okay. there's, 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 yeah. there's yeah, yeah. artists that Celine have residencies Dion, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right now, from what I understand, yeah. there's Cool and the Gang. Okay. There's Rod Stewart. There's Bruno Mars, and there's Miranda Lambert. Uh, and I got clarity, by the way, on Miranda Lambert. By the way, mm. uh, in 2003, she appeared on uh, Nashville Star. It's kind of like American Idol. Mm. And uh, a record company uh, signed her to a contract. So it wasn't American Idol, but it wasn't far off. I told you it was Nashville. It was Nashville Star. It was Carrie Underwood. That's who uh, I was thinking American was Idol. American Idol. But I knew what Miranda Lambert wasn't like just, you know, I know, I know. Oh, anyway, I apologize. I, I, I deviated a little bit. Who are we going to see? Bruno Mars. Cool and the Gang, mm. Rod Stewart. I think Cool and the gang, gang would be a fun one. Cool and the Gang, Jimmy. I feel like we could Celebration. all have a lot of fun. Celebration. You know, you even give my guy respect. I'm waiting for Barry Manilow to come back. Barry, wait a minute, Barry, Barry Manilow is playing, playing in New York City. Flamingo. He's oh. playing in New York City. Oh, I'll be there. He's like going. He's like playing the, like the Beacon or something. I'll be there. Tickets just went on sale. I'll be Jimmy, there. You can get tickets anyway. This is breaking news. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, nah, because I got, let me. Uh, he's not getting any younger. Okay, Jimbo. So if you want to see your boy Barry, I would say right now is the time be my 100th you know. show uh true or false the majority of las vegas visitors come from the state of texas visitors the majority of las vegas visitors come from the state of texas sure i'll say yes true jimbo false you are correct jimmy where do you think they come from california a hundred percent oh my god because it's an easy walk jimmy <laughs> it's an easy walk it's walk right here. next door you can 
You yeah. walked here. Exactly. So you know. So anyway, if you do choose Jimmy Rye, okay, at the blackjack table, okay, and and, and it's Jimmy Rye could be the dealer, okay, mm-hmm. at the blackjack table. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to who do you want to be your dealer? Because you're thinking like, is it Jimmy? You have better chances mm-hmm. of beating Jimmy mm-hmm. or Shatsy? Because well, it's your money. Sh- I think Shatsy, you have a good read on people. Yeah. So I think that you could, could be well positioned there. I think you can be pretty strategic, but as a dealer, how strategic are you in your, so. Yeah, you gotta hit, you gotta I, stick. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Shatsy. Maybe he can like distract and chat yes. up some of the other well, players. Well, I'd probably and- just get up and walk away aimlessly. <laughs> and then you just take, you just like take the cards and deal your own. What do you want to get? Oh my you God. Go. Brenda right. would just break the bank. That. She would break the bank. Brenda, listen, I gotta tell you, we love what you're doing for the industry. We love uh, chatting with you. We love hanging with you. Thank you for having uh, me. It's just been awesome. And I, I'm, I hopefully we will see you for a drink at our favorite uh, watering hole here at the Cosmo. Jimmy, do you care to uh, guess where we will be tonight? Chandelier. The Chandelier Bar, 10 p.m. Mark your calendars now. You guys always have these late night start times. That's what we like to do, you know? That's what we like to do. That's because we get the happy hour special. Yeah, all the other parties are are over. That's when you get everybody coming back. And they're like, where should I go? Ah, Jimmy and Chats here throwing a party. Anyway, thanks for stopping by the Hangout. Uh, I really appreciate you. This was awesome. This was fun. Thank Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. So this is Jimmy Frishing, your finance guy, signing off, passing it back to my boy Shatsy to close us out. This is Shatsy, a.k.a. The Restaurant Guy, signing off the hospitality hangout. Thank you, Jeff from Hop Dottie. This was great. Cheers, everybody. Thank you. Cheers.